Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back to Total Information AM with Tom Ackerman. I'm Megan Lynch. Last summer, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that race could no longer be considered in college admissions. Next week, leaders in higher education will meet in St. Louis to discuss the impact of that decision. The Reverend Starsky Wilson, president and CEO of the Children's Defense Fund and CDF Action Council, will keynote Webster University's ninth annual Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Conference. And he joins us now on KMOX. Good morning, Reverend. Good morning. Thank you for having me on, Megan. Well, thank you for being with us. You know, our first question for you is, is how is the Supreme Court's ruling last year now impacting both institutions and individuals? Yeah, thanks for the question, and thanks for giving attention to this. Across the country, uh, we're seeing institutions first uh, beginning to pull back, roll back some of the progress that they have uh, made on um, putting in place supports for uh, folks who have been historically marginalized uh, from access to higher education to access to resources and philanthropic and banking institutions uh, and fully diversifying uh, these institutions and such that uh, they, in the context of universities, have had more creative exchange, have had more diverse uh, and more full um, educational experiences. And now there's two things happening. Number one, there are those who are pulling back uh, from those commitments uh, wholesale uh, because uh, of, uh, you know, because there's not the kind of oversight and commitment uh, at a federal level. And at the second level, there's a chilling effect. There are those who are uh, upon the advice of counsel or who are questioning how things will be litigated before the courts as far as uh, appeals to this. Uh, are really beginning to kind of pause programs. And so it's creating for individuals uh, a sense of precarity. Young people who have been told um, that access to the American dream uh, comes with deferring gratification, getting education, and working hard uh, are now wondering whether the institutions they were told to work toward will actually open the doors for them uh, because they're in a holding pattern. And so uh, so it's really important that Webster is holding this conversation uh, there in uh in Missouri, uh, because, of course, in St. Louis, right on the line, you frankly have two different responses from the legislatures on both sides of the river. Can we take a, a step back as well, maybe, and look at what diversity, equity, and inclusion is? Three terms, values that are interconnected, but also maybe what is misunderstood about diversity, equity, and inclusion? 
Yeah, I really appreciate the question there. Um, we, we looked at this, uh, even these definitions, when we were doing the work nearly now a decade ago in the Ferguson Commission there uh, in the St. Louis metro area. Uh, diversity really has to do with um, uh, different types of opinions, perspectives, uh, ethnicities, and cultures uh, being around the table. Uh, inclusion has to do with making sure that we're listening to those varying perspectives uh, and uh, making sure that folks have voice uh, who do not normally have voice. Equity really has to do with a commitment to outcomes uh, that cannot be defined based upon people's zip codes, race, or cultural expressions. Uh, and to get to equity uh, because of historic challenges and structural and systemic barriers in our institutions, uh, we know that we need to provide both standards uh, for communities and supports. Uh, so what are we striving for that we want uh, people to have consistent outcomes around? Uh, and what supports will we provide for people who have been historically marginalized? Uh, so I say to people a lot, uh, diversity in an America that is as diverse as this one, uh, where the majority of young people under the age of uh, 25 are people of color uh, across the country. If you see something that is a monolith or you see something that looks homogenous, you ought to ask the question, how'd that happen? Uh, how, who worked so hard uh, to get just this group of people here? Uh, because it, uh, things not being diverse is actually not quite natural uh, based upon the demographics. Um, that question will get you to where the systemic and structural barriers are uh, and part of what we've got to uh, pursue and continue to kind of wrestle with uh, is that we still have too many spaces um, that seem to segment or keep some folks out. You mentioned Ferguson. You were co-chair of the Ferguson Commission. You know, in the years since that report, do you feel like we have seen any progress here in this region? I do, you know, and I, I have to say this. Uh, I, I look forward to being back uh, next week for the conference, uh, and I come back often. But I realize I have not lived in the community for now three years, uh, so I say this with the um, with the disclaimer that some may call me a carpetbagger here. Uh, but I, I do think there's been progress, and I think a lot of the progress has to do with uh, number one, an elevated conversation, uh, being clear about our narratives. Um, Exploring our, histor our historical backgrounds, challenges, and or biases is indeed important. Number two, uh, in capacity building. Uh, I see organizations on the landscape in uh, the St. Louis metropolitan area that didn't exist before focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion, or renewed missions or critical organizations uh, that uh, that lean into leadership, like Focus St. Louis, giving more attention, a renewed focus to some of their historic roots around anti-racism work. And that has happened. And we see a more diverse landscape uh, of leadership across the region uh, and engagement and inclusion of voices that we did not see on August 8th, 2014. Um, so I think that's absolutely progress. Um, there's more work to be done, of course. And it's one of the reasons why even at that time we named that this is a work of a generation. Uh, and so uh, it's been 10 years. Uh, it's an important time for there to be reflection on that kind of moment, that flashpoint, uh, and a recommitment uh, to the work ahead. Uh, for the generation that has risen and is rising uh, since um, the untimely death of Michael Brown. 
I know that this is a question that is multi-layered, has a lot of answers, but what do you think needs to be done most if you could pick one or two things? I mean, what, what still needs to be done in that area? Well, I think, you know, I, I don't know which area, right? So we, we produced a report that had 189 policy recommendations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, four big buckets uh, uh, from a policy zone standpoint. We'll talk about some of them at the conference. Um, part of what we're going to focus on there uh, has to do with um, this navigated path uh, that seems unclear around affirmative action with specificity as it relates to education and higher education institutions. Uh, clearly, this also has impact on philanthropic institutions as well. Um, but I, I put all of that in two zones of the report. One that had to do with economic mobility. Uh, we see education as a path forward. We see these institutions as critical for that. And frankly, we also see higher education institutions as critical to economic development and empowerment in the St. Louis region and across the country. Uh, and then this other zone related, related to uh, being youth, youth being at the center of our conversations. Uh, so, so our paths related to education are there. So, so I'll, I'll say, what do we have to do in those areas? I think there's still some critical work, and I know um, uh, one SDL plan and others, uh, folks have focused on uh, economic development and inclusion. Uh, I think there's work to be done there to hear more voices uh, from uh, across the spectrum, including worker voices, labor voices, uh, in discussions around the economic hopes for inclusion in the St. Louis region. This impacts um, um, some of the most important labor unions across the country, uh, including domestic workers. Uh, these are voices that, as significant growth happens around the NGA, uh, different voices have to be heard uh, as that path goes forward. I've been uh, impressed with some of the things that have been happening with St. Louis Development Corporation. I think that kind of thing has to continue. There's more upside to make sure that the economic progress and benefit that comes out of these massive projects uh, redound to the benefit of people who are in North St. Louis before, people who are in North County before, people uh, who have been historically locked out of economic inclusion conversations. And then as we talk about young people, uh, I have been um, blessed to be a part of the conversations in philanthropy uh, in the St. Louis region uh, that have uh, invested in young people in new and different ways. Uh, as we come out of the post, uh, as we come out of the pandemic era, uh, we have to continue to invest in social emotional wellness for young people, particularly black and brown young people. We have to be thoughtful about the ways in which that has implications for social emotional wellness, including gender affirming care, uh, which has been a flashpoint of conversation in the Missouri legislature over the course of the last couple of years. I, I, I was jarred last year when I came to um, uh, Missouri Child Advocacy Day to speak uh, last spring, uh, and we were there on the heels of what seemed to be an all-night conversation uh, about you know, trans young folks uh, and whether there would be uh, appropriate care for them. So there is still work for us to do uh, in these areas to make sure that everyone receives full benefit to the economic progress and prosperity of the region and to make sure that young people uh, have more affirmation of their identities uh, and opportunities for them to thrive. Reverend Wilson, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. Glad to be with you.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.